Hello sci-fi fans, this is Eve Miles from Torchwood and you're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. It's awesome. You're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner podcast, serving the latest news in sci-fi multimedia. And now, your hosts, Scott, Miles, and Anna. Your table is ready. Live long and prosper. This is the captain. We have a little problem with our entry sequence, so we may experience some slight turbulence and then explode. I got a bad feeling about this. Walter, put the cow away, would you? What is this place? It's a freak show. Good evening, Sci-Fi Diner listeners. This is Em, and I'm here with the fellas, and we are here for the Sci-Fi Diner Rewind, where we are rewinding and re-watching the last three episodes of Firefly in the canon order. Uh, so that would be The Message, Heart of Gold, and Objects in Space. Mm-hmm. Hey, fellas, I'm excited to talk about this with you. Yes, yeah, it's going to be awesome. I, I This was fun watching these again. Yeah. You know, and what a, a great conclusion to the series. I, I Okay, when I say that, I don't mean that... I mean, we obviously wanted the series to go on. But it was great to have at least these episodes, especially since some of them never aired. Oh, yeah. And so we had a, some to look forward to in the DVD set. Mm-hmm. And, Em, am I correct? This is the, the order that you listed them. That is the order they were supposed to be aired in. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Which, I think, which, Fox, which Fox did not do. Right. Yeah, got it. Right. Fox had their own way of doing it, which really kind of fobbed things up. <laughs> like, I can't really? believe that they, that, I don't, was it, like, the train job was aired first, and then Serenity was, it was just bad. It was yeah. bad. Fox. The, as I look at the air dates, it just looks really terrible. Fox just did not do the show right. Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. I really don't understand. Yeah. Well, so, uh, wow. Yeah, Fox. <laughs> now, Fox has redeemed themselves at least a little bit. They have tried. Yeah. They, you know, I think... Not I, in Firefly, but in other things. So. They've, yeah. given their, they've given other shows more of a chance. So, I mean, this is not going to be the last time we dog on Fox, but we got to say, you know, they, they're, they're, they have tried to... Give, give their shows, you know, better, you know, not 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 treat Firefly like they, that, I mean, treat the other shows like they had treated Firefly. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully they learned a little bit from their mistakes. But mm-hmm. well, I guess we do have one more episode of Firefly after this. It's a movie, right? Oh heck, heck yeah! Serenity. So Serenity, the movie. One of my favorite kick-ass scenes with River. So iconic. Yeah, with the reverse. Where she did actually little she literally kicked ass. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and heads and shins and chests <laughs> and solar plexis and Yeah. She went to town. Oh yeah, she did. I can't wait to talk about that scene and watch that again. <laughs> so anyways, let's talk a message here tonight. Does someone want to give me uh, g- give us the uh, listeners a little bit of an overview of this episode? So there's a just a quickie. It's really simple. A dying request from an old army buddy turns treacherous for Mal, Zoe, and the rest of the crew. And I think it sums it up perfectly. Um, there's really not much more except to talk about the show. All right. So let's talk about it. Uh, Miles, you want to start out? What were some initial impressions of you rewatching the message? Um, 
How would you feel about it? What'd you think of this episode? I think I liked it more this this time around. I mean, it's, it's been probably, this is not one that I go back and watch again usually, but after watching it again, I, I think I got more out of it. Um, I love the opening. There's a space stage with these big giant TV screens with, you know, commercials and stuff on them. It's out in space. You can't hear them, but you can at least, they still have these big giant TV screens, which are advertisements. Um, so that, that, that was kind of interesting. This whole space station was, was interesting. Just, um, there's, a, there's sort of this freak show. It's kind of a carnival atmosphere, isn't it? Like sideshow. Very old timey carnival. Very, mm-hmm. it's, and it lends, it continues to lend to that whole pioneers in space. You know, it, it was so, and Ooh, we're not alone. We found aliens. Yeah. <laughs> and, and there's, there's even, you know, you know, interplanetary FedEx there too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they, you know, and, and, and I like the way this episode's kind of connected into trash a little bit. They're trying to sell the, the Lassiter that right. they kind of stole from, from trash. And so there's a little bit of continuity between these episodes. Mm-hmm. I mean, if this episode would have actually aired, um, there was continuity that was meant to be there. Right. So there. I think that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. The- and you get a really sweet moment with Kaylee and Simon. Where they're going, they went in to go see the freak show, and it's basically just a cow in a jar of cow fetus. And he's having this moment, and he's she, they're getting a little flirty, and she's and she says, "Well, tell me some more things about me." And he said something, he just he said something about her beautiful eyes, and I can't remember what else. And then he said, "Well, you know, except for you know, the only women I'm really around, one of them's married, one of them's my sister, so you're the only woman in the universe." And she gets really pissed and walks away. And I looked up. She, as she's walking away, she said, "Well, I'm glad I rate higher than a, than dead Bessie here." <laughs> and she says something in Mandarin, which translated means, "Why don't you tell me how the Why don't you tell the cow how beautiful its eyes are?" <laughs> which is kind of it's fun it's fun when you uh, i i was that. so glad to find the translation <laughs> and it just it makes it even more special and poor simon i know he's just trying and he's just totally inept half the time but <laughs> so many times he sticks his foot in mouth he, he, yes i mean we get the iconic jane hat here we get yes. the but we also get this neat exchange between um, Mal and Inara, where Inara is saying, "I can help you sell this," but Mal is concerned about her and you know just mm-hmm. and her, her you know threatening reputation and, and threatening her her livelihood. And she's like, "I thought you didn't respect my livelihood," but so you know more that he he he, he thinks the world of her, but he obviously doesn't let on. Uh, but he, right. but, but, he's, but he's trying to protect her from you know his, his his the business dealings he has to engage in. Right. Very true. And it, oh, it's that gun, the gun that they got from right. the, from trash. Yeah, yeah. the Lassiter, they right? Stole from, yeah. 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 You know, I just want to mention one more thing about Jane. We don't really get any connection with Jane's family at ever in these episodes, but here the hat is from his mother. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we do have you this. Don't get- anything personal about jane except for like the canton it's all awful stuff so to get that little the that sweet little note from his mother is just it humanized him and the hat he was so jazzed to get that hat i I love it you know this episode you mentioned that we we get horrible things from jane typically but you know this wasn't the only moment that Jane had in this episode. I mean, he's talking to Shepard Book about death, and he kind of waxes a little bit philosophical at one point. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I mean, you know, he contemplates a modest ceremony for dead men. He notes he always gets the urge to do stuff when he sees a corpse he didn't kill. And, you know, <laughs> he, has this, he, has, he has this thing, you know, that, you know, again, we talk about Jen, Jen, I mean, Jane being very surfacy. Oh, yeah. But you have these moments that he's more than just mm -hmm. this tough guy jock that hired guns mm -hmm. and selling out to the highest bidder. I mean, and this is one of those moments that you kind of see. Yeah, it's it, it it's it's a very uh well I get to see a little inside of him. I, I mean I don't know how how deep he really is, but you know, the, the veneer is lifted just a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm never gonna say that he's the deepest character in the show. <laughs> it's not gonna go that far, but it's yeah. it's at the very least a very entertaining exchange between him and, and Shepard Book. Yeah. No, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So we should talk about, I guess, the coffin, which is kind of the uh, the main vehicle for this episode, right? It's the message. It's the message in a bottle. It is the message in the a big, big bottle in this case. Uh, so let's talk about it. Uh, thoughts in this whole whole thing here. So, 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 Mal, why did you and Zoe uh, order order a, a dead body? You know? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of it was it gave us a little glimpse back. Not it, it wasn't just a Mel and Zoe moment. It was Mel and Zoe and Tracy. You got to see them with their crew back then, and this Tracy guy. For me, it was just he he in in the deepest direst of straits. He knew there were only two people he could go to, to help him, and that says it does speak volumes, for for the honorability and the earnestness and, and uh, of both of the characters of Mal and Zoe. I mean, Mal, they're kind of criminals, but they're criminals with a heart of gold. <laughs> they're really, you know, right. I don't know how to articulate it, but it was, it, it was meaningful that he, 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 in his deepest, darkest moments of, Oh my God, I'm about to die. The only pe he, those are the people that he went to, and then he wanted to make sure that it was he was delivered properly to his parents. He didn't want them to to know the the ugly of it, but to be taken home like that at the end was just that. It makes me cry every time I see it. It's very sweet. It is a sad, sad moment. It, it, I mean, I know we're kind of fast forwarding a little bit, but you know, at first he he's talking about the choices in life he's had to make and the choices in life they've had to make, and you kind of see that both of them, you know, he's running, you know, organs illegally, and and then he's selling it to the highest bidder. And then you have Mal and Zoe who are smugglers. I mean, we can question their life choices too. I mean, their their life choices are a little better than his are, but you know, are still kind of shady. I mean, so it's right. um, so the, 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 there seems to be even after they have to put him down. Uh, mm -hmm. they don't throw him under the bus. I mean, they they still bring his body to his family and give him the uh, that uh, MP3 player uh, right. with with his with his last message and sort of just give him a proper burial. Right. Uh, and they don't. Mm -hmm. I mean, they could they could easily throw him under the bus because he kind of takes you know uh, Kaylee hostage um, right. and. Right. Um, really screws up at the end but they don't they don't beat him up about it i mean they've had to make life choices that they're probably not proud of and so they're 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 kind of, they're very being very forgiving and charitable here yeah yeah 
You know, one of the things I like about that funeral scene at the end is we get uh, we get one of Joss Whedon's rare cameos in the in the family scene. He's he's standing among the family there in that final scene. I may have mm-hmm. to see that again. Yeah, you know, go 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 look for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about uh, Lieutenant Womack. Is that the way you say his name, Womack? Womack. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I love. I mean, he's been in tons of stuff. This guy, mm-hmm. I've seen his face. He's a pretty familiar face. Um, I, my favorite moment with him is when he's when he when Shepherd Book threatens him. Like you don't see Shepherd Book threaten people too many times, but he comes out and threatens him. Well, and Shepherd Book is not armed. He just armed with his wits and his resolve and and his Bible. And yeah, <laughs> and um, wins the day. Yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Uh, but Walmack is interesting at the very beginning. I mean. This is a no BS kind of guy. He he, he he's definitely you don't mess with him. He he's going to get what he needs. He's not going to waste time. Don't waste his time, or you know he might burn you alive. I mean, uh, it just uh, I just uh, amazed watching it again. Just don't don't try to stall him. He's not going. He he can see through the BS. You just he he'll he's going to make he's going to get what he needs out of you, or you'll pay the price. But if, but what what kind of uh, bit him on the butt was, he was out. Of, you know, he was not in his jurisdiction. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I you know I love when he walks down the ramp and comments on Jane's hat. Yeah, well, <laughs> he has to say something to sort of save face. So you know, I mean, he has you know four four guns pointing at him and 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 Shepherd Book you know besting him in, in a battle of wills and wits and uh, he has to I guess try to get some kind of dig in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. What I what was cool, I think that was the first time we saw any kind of armed conflict between Serenity and any other ship. If I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I never saw another ship firing at, at at Serenity. And this thing, it's not firing at Serenity. It's just letting them know that we could shoot you down. We right. could ta- we could take you out. Right. Um, so we see another ship actually shooting at Serenity. Yeah, that's I think movie. you're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. Um, M, other thoughts in this episode? M, did we lose M? Sorry. Oh, that's all right. Um, just having a, I'm having interesting computer things. Oh. Um, it's just a very sweet and melancholy episode, and it's nail biting, and it, it's it's, I don't know, I. It means something different to me than the first time I watched it. So it's it's it. I really enjoyed. A different point of view, and in reading about this episode, the where is it? Um, the composer Greg Edmondson, he had said that he felt that the music he wrote for Tracy's funeral was a little too pretty, but when he was writing about it, he wasn't writing about Tracy's death. It was kind of his personal farewell to the series. Mm. Um, the cast and crew knew that Firefly had been canceled, and they were just wrapping things up. Right. So that's. That's very, it's very sweet. Right. Yeah, and absolutely. heartfelt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about some quotes. Any any particular quotes stand out to you that, as you uh, watch this episode again? River has a few interesting moments. She's not in in, in it as much, but... Uh, she give us one. River says, uh, my food is problematic. And Jane says... Girls, mind reading genius. Can you figure out how to eat an ice planet? Oh yeah, you know she's like, yeah, <laughs> you know, just... that thing on the stick. Yeah. Oh, and it was adorable. Oh, it was cute. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Em, how about you? 
It was it was the moment. It was the the just that little series between um, Simon and and oh, yeah, the one you uh, mentioned earlier. The one I said earlier, and then the best line is when Wash walks in. He's like, "Oh my God, the horror!" Oh, and look, a thing in a jar. Um, when he sees <laughs> only only Simon in the room. Yeah. That was that was very typical wash and beautiful wash and I loved it. Well, it, it, he has that line in that scene that so reminiscent, so rem- reminiscent, if I can speak, of his conversation with the dinosaurs that kind of open up serenity, right? Yes. He goes, yeah. he, he says, he says to the jar, "Do not fear me. Ours is a peaceful race, and we must live in harmony." You know, it's just a great line coming from a wash here. That, that... And Zoe's look on her face, <laughs> just. Plus, I can you can see in her head she's just looking at him going husband what is wrong with you yeah I, I love the line when Jane gets the hat and you know Kelly says I think it's the sweetest hat ever and watches like a man walks down the street in that hat people know he's not afraid of anything <laughs> damn oh, straight oh my god <laughs> Yeah, he so a buddy, a buddy of mine made one of those out of Jane mail, out of chain mail, and he calls it Jane mail. Jane and mail. randomly, he wears it out to a con or or to an event or the run fair. And I cannot tell you how many times I hear that line, or oh, well, that's a cunning hat, or you know, oh, man walks out. By the fifth time, you're like, all right, we all get it. Yes, you're clever. You're the first person to tell us in the last five minutes that it's a cunning hat. Thanks. I know that line very well. <laughs> it's a great line, definitely. Uh, any other hats? Uh, any hats? Any other lines? Sorry, I'm hearing hats. It's not not in the list, but the exchange um, where River. This is before they open up the uh, coffin and revive Tracy, but she lays on the coffin. She gets all comfortable and just. Oh yeah, that's right. Jane's. Um, you know, reaction to that. And I, I can't find the quotes for that, but that was, that was interesting too. Just, it was kind of creepy with uh, river, just kind of just laying just on the, laying co- in the coffin, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was, you know, that was kind of weird, but that was okay. That, 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 <laughs> that that's our river for us. Yeah. So uh, any other lines, um, stick out to you? Or are we, uh, there weren't any, like the, of the moments and, and, and moments of really great dialogue that I enjoyed that early bit was yeah. really the best for me. It was, it was silly and it, it's it's one of those things that sometimes you think oh it's unnecessary to have that kind of thing that kind of story told but it was it really was necessary it was so nice so let's rate this episode i mean how do we feel about this episode in the context of the firefly <laughs> canon again we acknowledge we're obviously talking about these episodes because we love firefly but where does this fit into Firefly in general for you? How do you feel about this episode? Where do you rank it? Uh, M, let's start with you. It's really hard to rank this. I mean, it's it's not one of my favorite episodes, but it's definitely one of the better episodes that I enjoy. Okay. How about you, Miles? Yeah, this this one doesn't have a lot of rewatchability for me. It doesn't mean it's not a good episode. It's just there's even better ones. But seeing it again after a few years, I... I I got some things out of it that I didn't get it maybe after the first or second viewing. There was um, just just uh, the 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 how uh, Mal and and Zoe still treat this situation at at the end of it um, just shows um, 
they, they could have, like I said, th- they could have thrown Tracy under the bus, but they 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 don't. They 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 they, they still to take his his body and give give you know with with his family give him a proper burial and um, so very good episode. My favorite, no, but um, I picked up some gems that I didn't pick up last time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this episode for me, not one of my favorites Uh, in the Firefly universe. There's a lot of other Firefly episodes I like better than this one, but there are some tie-ins to other episodes, and there are just moments that do make this a golden episode in in some respects. It doesn't go down in my ranking. If I were to rank my top episodes, this probably would not make, you know, the top episodes of Firefly, but... It's good. It's it's good writing. It's good scripting and a good story, right? So mm-hmm. kind of where I'm at. So let's move into uh, is Heart of Gold next. M is that right? Yes, Heart of Gold. Let's talk about Heart of Gold. Someone give us. Someone want to give us a quick recap of this? Uh, Any takers? <laughs> Serenity responds to a dress, uh, distress call from Nandy, an old friend of Inara's, who is running a brothel on the moon of Deadwood. The unsavory leader of the moon's only town where the brothel is, is located has gotten uh, pedaline while the girl's pregnant and is demanding that, that he be given the baby. Nandy enlists the help of the crew of Serenity to defend the brothel and keep the baby with its mother. So this is the one where we have the good old western shootout, right? <laughs> Good old Western uh, shootout with uh, laser guns and, and, and land speeders. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome, awesome. Yeah, so this uh, so this episode uh, is interesting on a couple respects because we have obviously it kind of focuses in on Inara and not really her profession, but but Inara and Mal, Mal definitely is mm-hmm. another one that we talk about. We kind of. We talked about Inara Mal in the last episode, but in this one, we see it again. Uh, em, do you want to kind of explain what's going on with Inara Mal, Mal here? So there's there's always been this kind of this chemistry and 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 with boundaries between the two of them, and you just want them to get together. There's there's something clearly there that's that's brewing, but you know her profession and his profession, they just they're both too stubborn. So in this episode, um, it's Inara's friend from uh, from the house from where she trained as a companion, who reaches out and says, "We really need some help. I think you could. It would be great." Her, she, I think it's putting Mal into that position of, "Okay, I don't. I don't really know how to explain it other than like you're in Inara's world, but a different kind of Inara's world because her friend Nandy decided." to take this life into something different. And Inara's made it very clear that, oh no, I'm nothing with Mal, that the relationship between them is really just business. At least that's what she pushes on him, and he's fine with that. And Nandy, well, fine, quote unquote. Um, And Nandy provides him that, that something that he's, there's also a connection between the two of them. And it, it, he he has the opportunity. It's a woman who's not who's not afraid of trying. So I mean, she doesn't seem like she's afraid of anything. She's a tough, a a, a strong, strong individual. Um, and you know, grown up things ensue. And I'm sure Inara's heartbroken because she would rather it be her, but she has these rules and these boundaries that she has to keep up. So it's 
there's a there's a real great test of their relationship their business relationship and of their personal relationship and i think this is probably the straw you know we when you get to serenity the movie there's no inara at the beginning and i this is probably one of the straws on the camel's back oh yeah don't no, no I, I would agree with that you know i think in this episode once again you see the strong women in joss whedon's world i mean he really does mm. this really well he's right the he writes these characters really well makes them come alive and you see the strength in them and this this episode is just great because it does that um so uh let's get into uh, moments of this episode what moments stand out uh, they obviously have they're going down to help the the horrors, as they call them, and as Mal calls them. Well, it's as Nara calls them, I guess. Yeah, the, the ladies of particular business. There you go. Much better. <laughs> much, much politically correct. If, yeah. if we could, yeah, if we could, if we could use that terminology. Let's do that. I like that much better than horrors. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's interesting. I mean, first, Mal's basically saying we'll do this for free, and uh, Nara is uh, no, I will pay you, and is like. It was, you know, not wanting to be beholden to him, I guess, more than anything. Um, or not, not, you know, so um, she wanted to definitely treat it like a job and um, keep things as professional as possible here. Yeah. It's interesting how he tries to get, how Mal tries to get the crew to kind of weigh in on this. There, there's a great exchange. Um, <laughs> him and Jane? <laughs> well, the, 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 this is the dialogue. Jane says... Don't see the benefit and get involved in a stranger's troubles without upfront price negotiated. Shiver Book says, these people need assistance. The benefit wouldn't necessarily, necessarily be for you. And Jane says, that's what I'm saying. Zoe says, no one's going to force you to go, Jane. As has been stated, this job is strictly speculative. Jane says, good. Don't know these folks. Don't care to. And then Mal just makes things simple. They're whores. Jane says, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> and so much back to the old Jane. Back back to, yes. Yeah, back to the old Jane era yeah. with, that, with that line. Mm -hmm. It's one of the classic points of dialogue in this episode. So they get to town. What happens? They, they, they get to uh, the place of business, and um, um, Jane is quick to, uh, I guess, take take in part of the payment. And um, um, Kaylee says, oh, they have boy whores. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Um, I do love the two girls who kind of latch on to Shepherd Book. Yeah, which is kind of interesting. Right. Knowing She's his real... profession. <laughs> Uh, well, and I don't think I, when they were, you know, they are who they are, but just that they still had a little bit of, they, there's a part of them that is spiritual and to have access to a preacher, you know, they were, they weren't, I don't think they were salacious about it. I think they were truly earnestly like excited to have somebody there. And I choose to believe that. I mean, I believe everybody can believe what they want, but. I got that too, Em. Yeah. I don't think there's anything. I agree. There was. They, so sweet, and he was so flummoxed <laughs> that it was just precious. They all also, I mean, this definitely had a really Wild West feel to it. I mean, oh, absolutely. This is a classic Western. The ladies look like, you know, saloon girls out of a, you know, a Western movie oh, or something. Yeah. Truly, Pine. I mean, it, it's, it's a Western in space. Mm -hmm. And this episode is a classic. It is the perfect, perfect. You know, if you're going to show somebody, no, it's a Western in space. You show them this, and it's done. You're in. I love it. I think it's the best interpretation of of what the show's about. 
Because it would be like that. We would go to a planet. We'd have to start from scratch. And that's what happened. They were just dumped on the planet with some livestock and said, here, make something. So they did. Right, right. Definitely. I love it. You know, I had to think after watching the last episode message, you know, here we have episodes with two funerals right in a row. Right. And it's kind of a, kind of a contemplative way to end the series, but end the, end the, end these two episodes. Well, I, it, I guess, I guess they're pointing at closure. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. That haunting rendition of Amazing Grace at the end. Mm-hmm. Beautifully mm-hmm. done. Beautifully done. Mm-hmm. Done by Australian sing- Australian singer Angie Hart, who I haven't heard before, but she does an amazing job on that song. Um, so what did you think of the gunfight that went on? And we mentioned that this is a shootout with lasers. Uh, does it play out the way? You, did you like it? I mean, what 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 just what was your thoughts on this? Well, they they the crew of Serenity just didn't use their. They had their guns. I mean, they had to. <clears throat> if I remember correctly, they, they you know they they had some traps set for you know these guys also. So it wasn't just um, just a shootout, which it, which it was a shootout, but um, they they used some things to to trap them and and subdue them. Um, but it was interesting before where Mal was trying to get a read on this guy, and the read that Mal gets on this guy is Mal says, "You know, what? I don't want any part of this." So it was, it was interesting that Mal was, you know, afraid of somebody so much that uh, he was got back down from the job. Right, right. Mm-hmm. The job that he's just kind of volunteered to kind of help out. Right. And that kind of uh, is interesting. So are there any other moments that we need to be talking about before we get into some dialogue here? I mean, It doesn't seem, just from talking here, it doesn't seem like this episode necessarily popped for us. Or maybe it did, and I'm just reading it wrong. It was entertaining, but I don't know if it was as deep as some of the other ones were. It was really enjoyable. It was really enjoyable. It, um, something that I had I had read about the show, and I'm looking forward to right now. Um, when it comes to Mal, Inara, and Nandi, and this moment between all of them, um, where'd it go? So someone had written that the episode highlights the difference between a companion and a common prostitute, suggesting that however she might make, you know, financially, Nandy has fallen a long way um, in being reduced to this from a companion to a common prostitute. And the parallel can be drawn between Mal and his life in the army, and now he's in this state of fugitive where he was considered he was very well respected he was commanding people he was he was doing something for the greater good and being part of this profession and then now he's kind of skirting the law and I, I liked when I read that I liked that that I liked that it, that that thought process because it makes the relationship or the, the that quick bond between Nandy and Mal I think it was there I think that's kind of what fed it I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty sure he was hankering for a good time, but there's more to it than just, you know, here's my money. Let's give me 45 minutes. There was definitely, they filmed it beautifully, that there was a connection there. So I like that about it. It was an enjoyable episode. I I wouldn't call it one of my favorites, but I would definitely, it's, it's, 
it's up there. You know, there are some good lines in this episode that we do have to highlight. I love the line by Mao that when he says, there's nothing worse than a monster who thinks he's right with God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good line. That's a classic line. Great, great Whedon-esque writing. Mm -hmm. Um, It reminds me of the Kevin Smith line in Dogma. Nothing pisses off Jesus more than the crap people do in his name. Oh, yeah. And that's pretty close to that. Yeah. Uh, What are some other lines that kind of uh, stuck out to you, other conversations? These are more just funny lines. Um, When when they see... The guy and his and his posse coming. Jane says, "Mal, looks like we got some imminent violence." Yeah, that was a great line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, em, how about you? Um, I don't think there was anything dialogue-wise that was particularly stupendous for me. Yeah. Um, just the the little mm-hmm. banter be back, those little Whedon banter's, like when Kaylee says, "Ooh, they have boy ones too." Yeah. Um, just the sweet and and the girls with um. With Shepherd Book, um, uh, I do like that that that, that banter between Anara and Mal after the whole Nandy scene, and Anara says, "So you took to bed with Nandy? I'm glad. Glad?" He says, "Yes, she's a dear friend and probably needed some comfort right about now." Mal says, "So you're okay? Well, yeah. Why wouldn't you be?" Anara said. I wouldn't say I'm entirely okay. I'm a little appalled at her taste, <laughs> which is funny. But then the very next scene, you see Anara kind of curled in the corner crying. It's like, so it's, it's juxtaposition. She's saying this, but that's not really how she feels. Well, they, they have this um, antagonist, antagonistic banter that, yeah. You know, I mean, there's, there's it's a more, oh, God. very clear that she's not happy. No. It's very clear. The words say she's happy, but the feeling and the delivery, she's not happy. No, definitely not. Um, I love that conversation between Kelly and Wash. Captain seemed a little funny to you at breakfast this morning. Wash says, come on, Kelly. We know I'm the funny one. <laughs> uh, so it's just uh, some, there, there's again, some good dialogue. Not my, uh, I would, I would agree with M that this doesn't rank. These two episodes for some reason don't rank high on my list. The one we just talked about in this one, but not that you weren't good. Just not. It's, yeah, this was. If I go to rewatch a Firefly episode, this is not typically one I gravitate to. Yeah, there, there, there's some good humorous lines in here. When, when Mal's going to meet this guy, he says to Anara, I think you can stoop to beat on my arm. And Anara says, will you wash it first? <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. I love the uh, line where, uh, was it, Petaline says, Rance, this is Jonah. Jonah, say hi to your daddy. Petaline shoots Rance. Say goodbye to your daddy, Jonah. So, <laughs> yeah, I remember that was a good one, too. So, um, But um, if I were to rank this again, for me, not... Not my personal favorite. Not bad. It's not my personal favorite. Right, because there's so many. There's, there's other just extraordinary ones. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any other thoughts on this, Em, before we move on? No, I'm good. All right. Let's talk about objects in space. And if we talk about episodes that I like, this is one that probably of the three, this is the one that just captured my heart. This one's bit. delicious. This is a great episode. It's the 14th and final episode of Firefly, the TV series. And Fox actually aired it, which is very cool. And uh, we get Ju- what Jubal Early, the ruthless provisional mm-hmm. bounty hunter, who we kind of see his ship at the end of trash and is now here finally after River. 
Yeah, well, the Alliance has, they put a, back in the beginning, they have a bounty on River, and Jubal sets out to claim the bounty and tracks down the Serenity crew, which I I loved that little reveal in Trash. Um, And then Jubal sneaks on board to the Serenity while the crew's asleep to capture River and Simon and return him to the Alliance so he can get his cash. Um, But hilarity ensues. No, absolute hilarity. It was it was funny, funny, and great moments in this episode. Uh, Miles, what what moments stick out to you in this episode? Well, just watching his ship get by. I mean, he he gets to Serenity. He he manages to latch his ship to Serenity and get inside the ship, and nobody knows. I mean, yeah, he, he he's good. I mean, this is. Uh, you know, this is not this is not the Enterprise. I mean, where they would know right away something's going on. This is you know, um, there's a ship with, with with just the bare amenities, and people could sneak on if uh, if they're clever enough. Uh, we have we have River that's kind of at the beginning is kind of it looks like the crew's kind of against River or she's interpreting it kind of in a way that's kind of warped. Isn't that kind of what happens here? Yeah, she she hears we 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 hear what they're saying, but then we hear what she thinks they're saying, and it's um, a little bit different. Very, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She. I- She's in the middle of processing all that stuff, you know, and the way she sees everything. And then she sees it. When we get to see actually what's happening and the crew is freaking out because she's a gun in her hand. Oh, yeah. That tree branch. Really? Yeah. yeah, You truly get to see just they've really screwed with her brain. Oh, yeah. They've just they put it uh, they put it in a Vitamix, blended it down and then put it back into her little head. that that line that she says it's getting very crowded here like she has so many thoughts going in her head she's trying to process and um we're really getting the we we've gotten the hint um in other episodes of her psychic ability but we really get it here mm-hmm. that what's going mm-hmm. on in her head and it's it's messed it's messed up yeah she's definitely having episode or episodes here yeah we kind of get a tie into uh, Niska's uh, the assault on Niska and how Kaylee kind of froze, right? Well, yeah, I mean that's 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 where we really get to see what um, River's abilities are. I mean, she's um, she's very good with a gun, right? And um, you know, and then you know, Kaylee has to tell uh, everybody you know what ha- what happened about that, and it's like, oh, okay. Um, she could, you know, she could kill us on our sleep without us even knowing it. And so this is kind of the opening part of the episode where the focus is is on River. And then we have a Mr. Early coming on to the ship. Uh, what happens when he's on board? Well, first, I think he he, he deals with any kind of resistance. I think he, ta- if I'm not mistaken, he t- he knocks out Mal, he knocks out the sh- Shepherd book, and then he and then he he gets. Uh, um, Simon and it's this very interesting exchange with the two of them because Simon's like, I am not going to help you take my sister. And he goes, he says, yeah, you will. Um, um, but, um, you know, so he still drags him along with it and well, he threatens to, uh, take care of Kaylee, right? There's that. Oh yeah. That's a very dark scene where he, you know, you know, this threatens 
basically you're going to keep your mouth shut. You're just going to stay put and or else I'm going to violate you. I mean, it's just a. Uh, right. That really wigs out Kaylee as and, it would. Right. He, he gets inside her head and he's able to, you know, shut her down. Right. Uh, and then I, then I love, I mean, one of the classic points is that when Kaylee, uh, not Kaylee, when River becomes the voice of serenity. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. I, I, I love, I just, it's, it's like she she just completely disappeared. And there's, I think it's then when like Jane and Wash kind of flip out or Jane flips out, you know, you say, and she's a witch. Yeah, she's a witch. She's had <laughs> Congress with the beast. Uh, what she's in Congress. <laughs> oh, Jane, you sweet little peanut. Uh, Wash just, you know, plays him like a violin. It's just in that, in that oh, exchange. Yeah. yeah it's, it's awesome. And, that, and again, it's just, it's, it's great dialogue and, um, it's, it's just great. It was a, it was it, for me watch this episode. This was a again a good way to kind of wrap the series up. If you're going to wrap up the series, I, we wanted more obviously, but this was a good episode for it. I like it. Uh, and the ending. What do you think of the ending with you know Jubal early just tumbling through space? Yeah, that was uh. Um, that was crazy, heartless, and yet well deserved. Oh, you! Uh, oh, yeah! You, you definitely want this guy to get his. I mean, this is there's just some people that just need to be disappear and be taken out, and he's one of them. And but um, you know, s- slight spoiler alert: we, you will see him again in, in the comics. Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. You know, I oh, actually, really? Yep, I actually thought. Because I'd forgotten, it had been a while when, when when Serenity the movie came out. I actually thought that initially that the guy playing the bounty hunter in Serenity mm-hmm. was the same guy, and right. it wasn't. Right, like he was supposed to be the same character, and he ended up not being. Mm-hmm. But, um, anyways, I just I th- I'm that. glad they went the route in the movie that that he's he is a, a hired he's truly a hired spook hand, you know, secret agent for the for the alliance because he would not have the pull to do what he did in that film if he was just a bounty hunter no the actor who was the operative in, in serenity he was um d- different i mean the only, the only commonality mm-hmm. was that they're both african-american i mean and the guy the operative in, in the movie he was also british too so which made him you know even cooler they yeah. always make the bad guys British. <laughs> they always they make do. the bad guys British. You know, I do love. Go oh, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh no, the the, the when River gets back on the ship and <coughs> she says, you know, permission to come on board, and Mal says, you know, you're not you're not quite right, <laughs> and she said, that's a popular theory. <laughs> I that's love great. that. Yeah. I love that. And then she says, he's oh, I'm looking. I've just found it here. Um, and he said. Oh, go, go get in there. Give your brother a trashing for ruining your plan. And she, she was just delicious. He takes so much looking after. Like, <laughs> it, her brain just switches from channel to channel and and emotes differently with each with each line of text. And I, another wonderful little moment of testament of, um, oh God, I can't believe, um, of Summer Glow, yeah. of of her just 
unbelievable flexibility with that character. Yeah. I, you know, we talk, talking about other dialogue, the, the, the dialogue, um, you know, I think that early has some great dialogue with Simon, especially Simon says, are you a lion? Jewel early says, am I a lion? What? I don't think of myself as a lion. You might as well though. I have a mighty roar. I said a lion. <laughs> oh, I thought, no, I was. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> Some they nice... had, yeah, they had a little. That's a that to me is a Whedon moment. Oh yeah, Jubal. That's a Whedonism right there. Yeah, this absolutely. little very human. Like, did you? Oh, did I? Uh, okay, I got it. Yeah. Jubal's the kind of guy that likes the sound of his own voice. He does. Yes. He likes to wax eloquent. Yeah. Yeah, but he's really not that eloquent. He's not. He's not. Or he's very pretentious and. Yeah. So you're a bounty hunter? No, no, no. That's not it at all. Then what are you? I'm a bounty hunter. Yeah. Well, there is towards, I mean, before he gets outside, I mean, River really gets inside his head. I mean, she manages to get him to break a little. I mean, he, he has, you know, he has his cool on. He's not, he's very focused and he's in control, but she manages to get him to slip. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She, she was just so sweet. And the moment when he realizes, dude, you're, not, you're in my ship. And you just see her there giggling like a little, just this absolute, just elation to, you know, it was really well, it was cute. It was, it was. You know, that line, uh, one other line, that line, uh, you know, there at the end when he's kind of floating is, well, here I am, that Mal actually echoes in um, the, the, the Halo game he was in. Um, his character in Halo 3 ODST, he quotes the Julie Jubal Early's infamous, well, here I am during the game's penultimate level. Okay. So, oh, it's cool. nice. And just a little bit of other trivia since we're talking about it, is Nathan Fillion is a descendant of the Confederate Lieutenant General Jubal Anderson Early, which may be where the name came from. Well, uh, Whedon is, was very, very well read on American literature, and so oh, yeah. it, it doesn't surprise me he would borrow from, you know, history. For some of his characters and situations yeah there's so many layers there's so many layers and looking at the show in general there's just he's written he and his team have put together a show that that isn't just in an entertainment it tells a story it tells a long story and short stories it really feeds you some wonderful characters that you can relate to characters that you don't want to relate to but then you see these moments these minuscule glimpses into their humanity and 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 i think because he's incredibly well read and well versed in in many subjects and the pe the people he keeps around him too it just it just opens up their brain doors and and um, to be able to to collect those together and make something cohesive and memorable is is truly a feat it's really a blessing and I think the thing about this episode, maybe more so than other episodes, is that, uh, you know, Whedon discusses in the in the extras on this DVD that much of the dialogue and imagery was inspired by Jean-Paul, was it, was it Sartier? I'm not, I'm not terrible with my French. Jean-Paul Sartre. Thank you. Uh, and and, he, and he's, it was very existential, and especially from his novel. And in his essay is, we're all just floating in space is you know lyle uh, with zinda analyzed the episode's interpretation of existential meaninglessness 
and argues that River and Early kind of perceive the physical objects as divorced from the meanings. And it, so it's very, like, there's a lot of depth to this episode if you want to argue it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of uh, interesting. Like, he picks up, she picked up the gun, but she sees it as a harmless branch. Um, she it doesn't mean what you think, you know. Yeah. She, she, she hears one thing, but she, sees another. Well, yeah, but I mean, people are saying something. She, she hears it, but it's coming in differently. Or, or how her brain interprets everything. Yeah. Right. But there's such good humor in this. I mean, just some of the dialogue is just, uh, um, there's this short exchange between Wash and Zoe. Wash says, uh, little river just gets more colorful by the moment. What will she do next? Zoe says, Oh, either blow us all up or rub soup in our hair. It's a toss-up. <laughs> and Wash says, I hope she does the soup thing. It's always a hoot, and we don't all die from it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. But was, yeah, they get philosophical here, but they get very funny here, too. So it's th- th- this one definitely rates up high in my list. Yeah. Um, it, it just really echoes uh, Angel a little bit from Whedon. You know, he says, you know, if nothing we do matters, then all that matters is what we do. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of this, and there's a lot of depth. We could <laughs> discuss this for, I guess, a lot of other issues. But it's, it's just an interesting, I guess it's just an interesting look at it. But um, just one other note of trivia. During the climax in the plot, River has this spiel about leaving the ship and going with Early. And during the speech, she says that she wants to be something more and not fade away. This is a quote. This quote is the name of the final episode of the Angel series, also canceled by Fox. Uh, and Objects in Space is the final episode of the Firefly Collection. Hmm. So a little bit of continuity there, I guess. So if we were to rank this episode, uh, Miles, let's say you go first. How would you rank this episode? Out of three episodes reviewed, this would be my favorite out of that three. And very strong as far as the whole series itself. Um, it's just... Very well written. Uh, it's very deep, but at the same time, there's there's moments of just just funny dialogue. Um, what uh, Wash does to Jane about uh, you know um, R- River, you know, being in Congress with the Beast, and right. Jane says uh, Rivers in Congress. I mean, just silly, stupid stuff like that, and what I, what I just talked about before about rubbing soup in their hair and stuff. Yeah. Uh, this this just episode is just brilliant. Yeah, I like the cat and mouse. You know, with with early that kind of happened mm-hmm. in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Em, how about you? Thoughts in this episode overall? Of the three, this is my favorite. Followed closely by um, Heart of Gold, and then um, by Message. Uh, it was, it 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 was the perfect finale, and I don't know if when they originally wrote it, if it was meant to be that way or if they went back to the table and rescribed it so that it would be a good ending point, but it really was. I felt like it was a good way, a good season closer, a good, I didn't want it to be a series ender, but it it, ju- it just wrapped things up for me beautifully. Yeah. No, you know what, I agree. And you have this, there's a sense of lostness when you see like early just kind of floating by himself in space and serenity it's just kind of takes off into the distance and there's a sense of finality to that and um because we didn't know at that time that we were going to get a uh, firefly movie out of the right. deal 
Right. And so, I mean, this was, this was it. And um, the show was canceled. And that's kind of all we knew. It kind of left things open ended. I mean, Serenity kept flying. Yep. So, um, but uh, no, it was. I mean, if that was their last episode, they ended on a, and it was their last episode. It was. It was a great episode to end on. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, uh, so we have one more thing of Firefly we need to talk about, and that'll be, of course, Serenity, and we will do that. Uh, if we don't do it in November, maybe December, we'll do it, mm-hmm. and that'll wrap up our look at uh, Serenity, and we'll have to pick a different movie. Maybe if you want us to do a, a different movie or a. Uh, I don't know if I want to do a series right away again, but maybe a standalone movie. We can. Uh, we we love to hear your suggestions. Those of you listening, so we might have to do a poll. A poll, yeah, <laughs> we can do a poll. We can do definitely a poll. Mm-hmm. That would work. Um, so uh, I believe that is about it. Thank you so much for tuning in, and, and uh, we would love to hear your thoughts on this episode, on these on these episodes, these final three episodes. Uh, these don't, as you can hear, don't rank necessarily as our favorite, except for objects in space. Uh, but uh, we would love to hear your thoughts about these episodes as well. I think that is about it. Do we need to say anything else, Em? Are we good? I think we're good. I mean, it's an amazing show. We could, yeah. we could, if if given the time, we could go on for hours. Yeah. No, I agree. I and at it. least, at least we, at least we have a movie to talk about yet. So. Yay! Exciting. Yeah, and the comic books, which we won't talk about, but we could talk about. Ooh, I need to get my hands on those. I've been dying to read those. Yeah. Well, maybe uh, we we have one we have one we could send her, right? Yeah, I, I've been I've been purchasing the um, that five issue set of what the events that happened after Serenity. So okay. So yeah, we we could get those to you sometime. Yeah. Nice. I just well, and I just bought the. I'm reading the Thor book, the new Thor book, and uh, Batgirl book. Awesome. Very excited. Started awesome. getting those. Very, very cool. As very soon as awesome. we get a couple of issues in, I would love to chit chat about that with some folks. That would be awesome. Well. That would be awesome. Oh, also for DC folks, um, one thing I do want to say, if you do want to continue chatting about anything that we talk about, um, some friends of ours are throwing a, a Shatterdome con in um, here in Dulles, Virginia. And oh, yes. Just... Google ShatterDome.com. All the details are there. Uh, a, a friend of mine, Dawn, is putting that on. She's invited us to go. I think I'm going to go and help out with a few things with her, but I'll be running around there looking at all the neat stuff. Yeah, and representing the diner. I can't go. Oh, man. I know. But you'll I'll represent. It's 20 minutes from my house, so if I don't go, it just seems dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Very and true. I want to support my friend Don. And Tim Russ is going to be there. Cool. There's a whole bunch of neat people who are going to be there. I think like three of the Boba Fetts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like the little kid Boba Fett who is really annoying. He's all grown up now. Let's find out if he's annoying or not. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. We'll find out, definitely. Well, thank you so much for joining us in this episode of Firefly, and we'll be back next week with some interviews, I believe. And uh, thank you so much for uh, joining us tonight. I believe that's about it. It's always wonderful with you guys. It's great. It's great. All right. Till next time, good night and good luck. We'll see you. Do your dailies. Thank you so much for visiting the Sci-Fi Diner. We hope you enjoyed the food, service, and the conversations. If you'd like to share your thoughts regarding what we've talked about, or tell us what you're watching or reading, 
flip open your communicators and contact us at 1-888-508-4343 or click the SpeakPipe link at scifidinerpodcast.com or send an MP3 or typed email to scifidinerpodcast at gmail.com. You can also join the conversation on our Facebook fan page at facebook.com slash diner. We'll share your thoughts on our listener feedback show. If you'd like to support the diner beyond the conversation, you can always throw some coins in the tip jar at sci-fi diner podcast.com. <laughs>